Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are doing Mystery Matt Produces Chris's Corner. What are we calling this? You got to pull that over. See that thing there? That's a microphone. We're going with Chris's Corner. We're going with Chris's Corner. Yes, we're going okay, with Chris's we're, Corner. We are going to be covering everything. Is, is this like Coach's Corner? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But it's Chris's Except Corner. Except he's a little less good looking. Well, it's called Chris's Corner because Chris has been bad and he's been sent to the corner. Oh, okay. This makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And first on our uh, first ever episode of Chris's Corner, we have Matt Grant. Hello, that's me. (laughs) Uh, Co-hosting beside me, as usual, is Sarah. Hello, people. And we will be discussing the... Career Matt has started. No, and don't give me too much credit here. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna give you the lowdown on who this guy is and and why maybe you should pay be paying attention to him. Bleh, 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 bleh. The best part about this is I leave a lot of the flubs because that's the funny stuff, right? You don't want to take that out. You, you want to keep it. No, no, you got to keep it real. No, no, no. You got to keep all the you know good content in there so that way people can splice it up and have some yeah. fun with it and edit it into weirdness, you know? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, if someone clips my voice doing something crazy, I won't even be mad. It's like one of those, you know how you like, so I, I've had this happen to me before where like I've had like a picture coming off the top rope and then people Photoshop it to like, all these different things like me sitting on top of the cn tower and me like floating <laughs> through space and like you never know what people could do with photoshop man. the only thing we edit here is chris <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me yeah. to say the least <laughs> all righty so off the hop um before we jump into oh, it there's chris matt himself has had to edit me on his twitch channel can confirm <laughs> can confirm <laughs> So everybody's editing, Chris. This is great. Uh, that's just you know what yeah. you're signing up for when you sign up for Chris's Corner. Anyways, yeah. all right, let's go. <laughs> okay, um, where were you born and or raised? Uh, I'm a Hamilton boy through and through for the most part. I mean, I've I've lived in Hamilton. Well, let's call it. I'm 27, almost 27, 26 right now, turning 27 in March. Uh, it'd be great if I actually knew my age, but, uh, no, uh, Oh, it gets 20... worse from there, bud. <laughs> 24 to 27 years. I've been living in Hamilton. I had a couple of years when I was living in Mississauga and then about a half a year where I lived in Welland, but yeah, pretty much Hamilton all my life, all around Hamilton, but Hamilton all my life. Um, I know everybody's like, I'm so sorry for you right away. No, I, <laughs> I, I love the city. I genuinely do. Like I, I love it for what it is and I represent it anywhere I go. So. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, what got you first interested in wrestling? Like uh, so, when you were younger, obviously, because yeah. no one gets interested in things when they're older. <laughs> uh, unless it's not, I don't think it's appropriate. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's always appropriate. It's uh, always appropriate. Um, no, no, seriously. Uh, I've always been a wrestling fan. I literally like remember having nightmares about wrestling when i was a kid like it's something that i've always been into my father who i literally haven't spoken to in many many years is the person who got me into it i just kind of fell in love with it and been a thing ever Mm. since i I, i've been a kid i grew up and always wanted to be a professional wrestler i was that kid in school that would get teased for you know, playing with his wrestlers on the bus. Oh, I was just about to ask, did you have a lot of the wrestlers? That... Oh, I still do. <laughs> I'm a giant, do giant you remember, nerd. 
Oh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember. Do you, but do you remember when you could only get the good ones through the magazines? Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, I, I remember like getting WWE magazine and like having the catalog in front of you for I think it was Wrestling Toy Store if I'm not mistaken, and like just seeing like all the replica belts and like yeah. all the T-shirts and oh yeah, totally remember that. And I I don't miss having to get toys that way. I remember those too, and one of the things I wanted growing up was the wrestling buddies yep, yep i wanted the jake the snake so bad but my parents oh wrestling's stupid and my dad was the one who what got kind me of an influence it. is that i don't know let you my, live your life <laughs> it was my dad who got me into it because wrestlemania won that's how old i am i'm 40 almost 42 i right? can appreciate that and my first match that i watched was wendy richard versus leilani kai amazing and i was hooked yep. but then after that my dad's like oh no wrestling's stupid so whenever i wanted toys I didn't get any. I bought my first wrestling figure when I was like 20. Thank God my parents actually loved me as a kid because... No. <laughs> no, no. Um, I had like so many toys and I'm really mad at myself because I got to a point in my teenage phase where I was like, I don't want these toys anymore. I'm just going to give them away. And motherfucker, later on in life, I regretted that like crazy. I think we all have done that. Oh, Matt, guess what? I did the same thing. But I restarted. Hey, yep. Yeah, you should see my house. I have this. So uh, you, can see you guys can't see at home, but I pointed out my transformers. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash handshaking team. Uh, when we sometimes do live auctions, we haven't done it. In wait, minute. wait. Go slow. Facebook.com slash we shake hands handshaking team. Yeah. That's a thing. Um, but no, uh, we do some live auctions and stuff. I've showed it off on there before, but I have this like straight up AEW arena set where like me and my wife built like a custom lighting truss for it and like built like a crowd section. Uh, like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I just bought the AEW full scale ring with Aubrey. So like it's oh. so it's it's beautiful. Although that thing was really expensive. Don't yeah, buy stuff right. off a of ringside. Don't do it. Oh, I do it all the time. You kind of have to though. Oh, those duty fees are a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, when they yeah. get you, when they get you. Although I need that Brit and Darby, so guess who's going to be placing the ringside order soon? This guy! Mm. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing when Brody comes out. Yes, got to get that whole line. I want both. Got to get, oh, yeah, you got to get the chase hint. Yeah. yeah, I agree, I agree. Well, when Sarah and I first got together, um, I asked her what she wanted for Christmas, and she gave me a list of all these different wrestling figures. I can appreciate that. And i'm not the wrestling guy in this relationship right mm -hmm. like I, i'm the transformer guy i remember growing up and watching like hogan and macho man oh yeah oh yeah and uh really getting into those oh, let me tell you something brother <laughs> oh my favorite that was probably the worst hulk hogan impression y'all have ever heard <laughs> my favorite is when macho man goes on his rant cream of the yeah <laughs> Cream of the crop, cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Macho Man is like a river, and Miss Elizabeth is like the sunshine over the river. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes a little bird comes and lands. Yeah. Right beside the creek. Yeah. Uh, and so, for me as a kid, I was the one where I was like, I had the Randy Orton figure in my hand. I was like, Triple H. I'm going to become the WWE champion. And I was just sitting here doing voices back and forth for my... Well, you wonder why how, how I got good at promos? That's exactly how I got good at promos. I just imitated my wrestlers doing my wrestling toy things when I was a kid, man. That's all, that's all I've got. <laughs> when you say you had Randy Orton figure as a kid, I'm sitting here going, holy crap, I'm so old. Okay, maybe not as a kid. I was probably like 
15, 16 years old, well, still playing still. with my wrestling toys, you know, yeah. don't mind me. I mean, like, I still do. My first figure was Undertaker, but it was a, oh, I think I got it when I was 17. My first figure was when I was 17. Probably like a bone country or something like that. No, I, it was, oh my gosh, it's downstairs. It's a WrestleMania special one. Oh, okay. Was it like the one of the ones you had the mail away for? No, I got it at Walmart. Oh, okay. Or Zellers, I'm not sure. Oh, Zellers, that's a good one. <laughs> Did I just age myself? I, I, I remember it, oh. so... You're born less than ten. If you a nineties kid and you don't know what Zellers is, you you messing up. <laughs> or you grew up in the states, or yeah, or, or there's a couple different places. They actually there's an audience all around the world. I was well, just looking. At I, I, I just want to say, if you're from the U.S., I'm jealous of you for well, all of your food. For this, nope. well, I, I said I was going to leave with some of these. So we we there's we, only we, a few more. So, um. We got so, off on a tangent there. <laughs> I like toys. I like toys. What can yeah, I say? Yeah, Who doesn't <laughs> like me. toys? Um, so now you're wrestling, but how did you first get into the industry? Did you ref or did you like do promotion? So it started with you... the podcast. I did a podcast actually a few years. Fuck, dating myself now, literally. Uh, it's almost been a decade since we started the podcast. So I guess that's when I started in wrestling. Uh, it was 2013. Yeah, 2013. Uh, July 2013, we started the Weekly Wrestling Podcast. Got a chance to do a lot of cool things with that. Um, I was doing a lot of traveling with uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, going to like um, AEW, AIW, uh, trying to branch out and do things in the States a little bit more often. Uh, Empire State Wrestling is another one that pops in my mind. I actually flew myself out to Pro Wrestling Gorilla PWG um, in 2014, I want to call it. Um, and that and- was just all with podcasting? That this was all podcasting. This was just me trying to like get my name out there and like um, spread the network. Essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, the big goal of the weekly wrestling podcast, and I'm really happy to say that I feel like I helped because I mean, there's tons of podcasts today, and I'm not saying I did it all myself, but uh, I feel like we helped spread the word about the Ontario independent scene. I think yeah. uh, there's there's a lot of talented individuals that deserve to have more eyes on them. Um, I'm not even talking about myself or uh, any of my crew. Like you look at guys like I'll just name and drop a few Alessandro Del Bruno. There was a lot of talk about him online. Um, a guy that a lot of people are thinking about right now and, uh, we wish gets better really, really soon is uh hacker Scotty O'Shea and hero SOS. Uh, one of the best on the scene. Um, you look at a guy like Josh Alexander, a guy like Mike Bailey, like those are two guys that came from this area and now they're killing it on tv every single week i mean speedball just made his debut as we're recording this about an hour ago on impact and killed it so cool 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 love the scene man and then you've got ethan page over on uh aw and he's killing it with scorpio sky man of the year man man of the year yes and like the the program that he's doing like when i first met you is when you were doing the ref stuff Mm -hmm. and um that's how I met you and then like I met Josh and uh Ethan and all them and Del Bruno and that and just it, you could tell just the atmosphere was like we're a family we're not just a company like we're here to back each other up and the passion too I think the passion is a big thing like uh you can tell how much these guys want it and, and how much these guys want to go out and entertain and put on a show for whether it's 550 or 500 people in that crowd, they're, they're always giving it 110%. And that's the performer I've strived to be at the end of the day. So then uh, after podcasting, where did you go from there? It was, there was like a, 
so like I was still doing the podcast as I was getting other opportunities in wrestling. And that's kind of almost realistically what led to the end of the podcast. Cause I was, I don't want to call myself a one man show with the weekly wrestling podcast. Cause David was helping out. My other brother, Jake were helping out. And I had some other like, uh, correspondence from other areas, but in terms of like the editing and like the graphics and like, you know, being real, like a lot of the major work that was going into it, it was me. So it was like when I started to get, Oh, I understand that one. <laughs> I started to get opportunities <laughs> to do like commentary on shows, ring announcing on shows and starting to really referee and branch out to literally some of the top promotions in Ontario, like the alpha ones, uh, the C4s, the destinies, um, at the time smash wrestling, like I was doing some stuff with them too. So like, it was really cool that I was getting those opportunities, but it was taking away my time from being able to devote that to the podcast. So, yeah. So um, you kind of drop the podcast and aim more promotion, more uh, refereeing. Yeah, essentially branching into actually getting into wrestling. So essentially, like, I look at the podcast as, like, my foot in to wrestling to, like, get people to, like, know who I was and, like, to, for people to really see, like, hey, I really love this. Like, So I, did you have to do a lot of training or did you already have training? So I hadn't or? trained at that point. Um, and the funny thing is, like, with the referee stuff, I learned a lot of that stuff on the fly because I got thrown in like literally to the wolves with the referee stuff. And then I just kind of just kept growing and kept doing shows and kept expanding myself as po- as much as possible. So. so like one night they'll say, Hey, we're going to teach you how to take this bump or this is, we're going to show No, you. it wasn't even that. So like oh. uh, a lot of that stuff, especially with like the ref bumps, I was kind of just doing uh, in the beginning. Um, although I was like training a little bit with rip with uh, Hamilton pro wrestling uh, for a while. And like, I was aiming some of it towards refing, but then I was starting to learn my bumps as well to possibly prepare for wrestling. And like the story about the re- like transitioning from refereeing to wrestling is interesting too, because I did both for probably about call it a year or so. And it was one of those things where I got a lot of flack for it and mm. like people weren't a big fan of me. So I'd, I'd ref on one show and like take a ref bump and be down for fucking you know you know what referees do they sell for fucking ever you know for the spot and then you'd have me wrestling on the next show doing all this shit jumping off the top rope doing same same company though no but in the same building so like you have two companies doing a double header in the same building so it's like same crowd same everything so it's kind of like what the what the yeah that's really hard to sell shit yeah it's one of those things where it got to a point where i was even like okay like i kind of have to pick and choose here and that's where i kind of cut off the wrestling or the refereeing and really focused on wrestling um i picked a weekend where um it was a really big weekend uh c4 was running their fighting back show which is like their big um cancer research show where they donate all the funds to cancer research every year um and cody rhodes was on the show nice and then uh, yeah alpha one king of hearts tournament was my last uh referee show and i think that was a good way of going out i think i had a cross body show on the saturday as well so i had like my entire weekend filled and i wanted to do it that way especially too because like those companies meant a lot to me i was getting a lot of the main opportunities with what i was doing with refereeing and getting to branch out more between those three companies so i wanted to make sure to kind of go out on that note um i i've asked you for hopefully eventually i'll get the footage um when i got killed by them uh as a referee it was actually frankie the mobster i'm not too sure if you guys are familiar with him he's a gigantic dude 
um big bald scary looking guy nicest guy ever he's a little teddy bear on the inside but yeah, we all are <laughs> yeah, the big guys are usually the nice ones all painted up and like blood coming down his face he's all scary and whatnot has a snake when he comes out he, legit snake um but we oh. de- we decided oh let's uh let's have you thunder screwdriver me and write me off so it's essentially a supex pile driver to the referee to kill him and that was literally my write-off from c4 in ottawa so like one of my favorite things ever but like i i really enjoyed doing a lot of the stuff out there um i was traveling literally five to six hours one way to be a referee oh wow and like if you if you haven't watched c4 before you can understand why i was doing or you, you won't understand why i was doing it if you have watched it you will understand c4 was drawing like we're talking like seven, eight hundred people per show. Like, oh, that's a good show. Yeah, no, it. They they were bringing in some of the top names around the world too. Um, I got to do some really cool stuff there. I got to work with Daniel Garcia, who's like on AEW now, killing it, literally challenging for the TNT title. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> now, if a guy came up to you like tomorrow and said, "Hey, you have to drop your entire life, all your friends and family, your wife, everything." To go train in Japan, would you go? See, I think the thing is, like, I know my wife's got her uh, her shoot job, but, like, I genuinely think she would want to come with me. That's the type of girl she is. Like, she's, I've made it very clear to her, and she knows it, too, that, like, whatever I have to do to succeed in wrestling is something I'm going to do, and she's behind me 100%. So. That's awesome. Yeah, so, you, you, you need that. Yeah, there no. you go. Okay, well, please do. So... Oh, shit. No, I can't reach, and I'm short. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so this is, like, a multi-part question. Absolutely. So, like, if do you, like obviously, you aspire to make it to one of the larger promotions, right? So, with WWE, I'll be honest with you, like, with a lot of the shit that's gone on the past couple of years with them, mm-hmm. with the releases, and with the way they've been treating their talent, that's not a goal of mine at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I, I can... I can admire that. I can respect that, yeah. As long as I can make a comfortable living in wrestling... Um, whether it's a Ring of Honor, whether it's an AEW, whether it's, you know, an Impact, um, in any position, too. Like, I'd be willing to pull, I don't know if you guys know Hornet. Um, he was a local wrestler around here. He's actually one of the main refs on NXT on WWE now. Um, he's, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, if there's any way I could make a living and, um, make, I guess, decent money in wrestling, I would love to do so regardless of the company. I'm just a team player at the end of the day. So, looking at the way NXT is now, this is not even on my list. This is just flyby. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, if you, would you have gone to NXT if it was still run by Triple H over it, Vince? The way it see, is like, now? honestly, since AEW has like popped up, it's been refreshing to see. Not even just the way the talent is treated, but like the way the fans are treated. They're mm-hmm. not treated like, you know, they're forgetting something two weeks after it happened and like they're actually being treated as part of the crew and as part of like they, they make the fans feel a lot more important than wwe does and i think yeah. again since aw started up in particular i don't think the desire to even be anywhere near wwe yeah. is there and like i'd be lying <laughs> to say like hey if they put a fucking contract on the table i'd be, i'd probably be signing that don't don't get me wrong but like it's not my number one place to be like it was for so many years. Yeah, Which is actually, um, it says a lot about how the business has changed in the last like three or four years. Yep. Um, myself, personally, I preferred the Triple H run NXT over the current 
Yeah, I, on there? You, you know what? I, I watched the, the product um, this past week, the New Year's Evil show, because I, I wanted to see like how the talent was doing. And like, I be honest, ever since 2.0 started, I think I've watched maybe two, three episodes. I keep up with what's going on. Yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm I try to anyways. It's hard to with so many shows going on. But like, yeah, this New Year's Evil show, they had to bring in AJ. They had to bring in Riddle like they had to bring in talent on top of what they already had going on to really make the show feel important. Which is kind of goes against what Vince wanted to do in the first place. He doesn't want to bring already established wrestlers in. That's why he doesn't want to go tap the indies. He wants to make new stars. Well, look, it's kind of backfired on him. Yeah. So Triple H's formula, to me, worked way better in the way he handled things, bringing in Ciampa and Gargano, you know, bringing in Balor and Nakamura from other promotions and stuff. And then it worked. And really then it's well. also like these guys have been busting their ass like for years upon years upon years on the scene to get a break. So yeah. like the fact that they got that break was awesome. The fact that they were able to get that opportunity to shine in on XC for so long and make that promotion what it was and give that promotion so much light to the point where you have an AEW wanting to start up and wanting to, you know, be on the same night as them and uh, challenge them and then you know, overtake them and then end up <laughs> taking most of the talent that was successful in the promotion when it was at its peak and look at AEW's roster now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hear you. Basically, you answered my other question. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking yes, ahead. I'm thinking ahead. Coolio. So what was the first title you ever won? So first match I ever had, fun fact, uh, was the Death Proof Youngblood Championship. So um started training in september 2016 whoa that's 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 crazy yeah stop looking backwards man it hurts no for real though yeah march 11th uh 2017 was my very first match um it was supposed to actually feature my brother jt kirk myself and another individual unfortunately uh david had to pull out uh with everything going on he had like shoot job and he wasn't attending training much so it just didn't work out he actually ended up making his debut later on which i'm sure we're going to touch on um but yeah i ended up having a triple threat match with liam worldwide who's honestly one of my favorite dudes and which company was that one uh this is death proof death through fight club they're null null and void now they're actually running under a new moniker no ring north okay um definitely recommend the product it's completely different from what you'd normally see on any sort of independent wrestling show so mm. um but yeah won the death proof young blood championship in my very first match um i was a shock and a half to say the least um ended up holding the championship for almost a year myself and my brother uh ended up having a best of seven for the championship where myself being the loving brother no <laughs> uh gave him gave him the championship gave him the rub um and then we ended up kind of going from there and forming Empire, which is a story in itself. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, how did Empire get started? Yeah, uh, Empire came together. It was... So Empire in the first place was, like, actually, I, I used to play, like, video game E-Feds back in the day. And it was my video game E-Fed stable name. And I just literally brought it to life. Um, very similar logo. Like, I took a crown and, like, just kind of, like, made it look cooler. What's actually... E-Feds? So kind of like a, I guess would be electronic fed. So like you're playing like leagues online and like playing with like people online and like, you know, people create like matches and promotions. and Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I'm a total nerd. But anyways. Hey, uh, <laughs> join the club, man. That's why we're here. Um, the E-Fed doesn't really, it's no longer a big thing anymore, is it? Get a mic in front of your face. 
You've done this I'm before. Doing it too, Chris, don't worry. The the efeds don't really run anymore though. I I find a lot of them have died out with the new um because what? everybody's able to now do everything online with your WWE two Ks and shit like that. I find that yes, definitely. Um, actually, fun fact with my Twitch channel, I'm gonna try and make the art of an efed hopefully come back. Stay tuned. But um, is it kind of like a fantasy league? Very similar to that, where like it's essentially like a, a a promotion, but like you're doing it online, and there you know there's not like a live show or anything. You're just like watching video game matches go down and like keeping track of records and like making fake championships. Very, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. But uh, took took the Empire name and like. I'm very good at Photoshop and I do all my own graphics and I do that stuff on the side as well. And it's like, I, I took all that and just kind of made a logo and then kind of just went from there. And, uh, we were kind of building up for to it for a while. Um, I was in a feud with, uh, Josh Vandercruz, who was like one of death proofs, like boys. And I was going into this big match against him. Um, I was defending my newly won PWO Openweight Championship. So I lost the Youngblood Championship in December of 2017, won the Openweight Championship in January of 2018, um, and then kind of ran with that for a little bit. We had the big match in April at No Limits Wrestling uh, against Vanda Cruz, myself and him. Lights went out, popped back on. There was a mass figure on top of a ladder, hit Vanda Cruz off the ladder with a kendo stick. He fell off. I pinned him. Um, and then he unveiled himself and it was my brother. So, oh, nice. Did you know it beforehand that yeah. it was your, yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a cool little plant where we actually had him sit in the crowd the entire show under the mask. So like he was just casually being a fan the entire time. And then the spot came and he, he went and did his thing. Oh, nice. it was, it was kind of cool to like watch everybody kind of react because nobody expected it. Yeah. So yeah, it no. would I think it would see, this is why. Before I start a podcast, um, we usually don't talk about it prior. We mm-hmm. were good tonight. We we stayed off topic pretty good. <laughs> but um, where was it going? We were indulging. We were indulging. <laughs> but um, if I was in your position where my brother was going to be surprising me underneath that mask, I would have tried to keep the it fresh so that you actually didn't know that it was your brother so it's, that- a, it's almost hard like to do that because you you have to have like a i, I guess i'm pulling back the curtain a little bit here but it is what it is uh <laughs> um no it, it's uh it's kind of hard to do that just because you kind of have a have a plan in motion to where you're going with the story and the yeah. the angle um i to be honest like there's been situations where i've watched people win championships that did not know about it prior they oh, like okay. shoot yeah. one a belt and, it's and, and like the legitimate I mean. like legitimate reactions. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That's why I try. I feel and like keep... I'm an okay performer to where I can somewhat give uh, a you reaction can, that sells it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I see exactly where you're coming from. Legitimate reactions, especially where like I know uh, a lot of WWE commentators or commentators in general do that exactly where they don't yeah. know what's going on. Well, so they big with that. Yeah, he didn't want to know ahead of time. So yeah. I, I like that as well. Matt Graves is the same. Pat McAfee. Oh, he's great. He's, he's one of those guys. He does not want to know what's going on outside. And then when it comes time, he's a total goofball. And then he just jumps on tables and just dances around. What a man. What but a he's man. actually probably one of the most entertaining parts of SmackDown. I, I wouldn't disagree. And I don't even like him as a person. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so what is your current title, the one that you got there with you? Oh yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I was hoping to bring more, but this one right here is the crossbody bluer and championship. So actually, fun fact about this: um, we had the cage match. Like uh, Pat's blue ribbon. Yes, that's exactly literally. Oh, what oh, made nice. Out. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that's that's not bad stuff. Yeah. Um. So I ended up uh, having the cage match. Uh, I want to call it December 11th. I feel like I'm flubbing that date hard, but either way, regardless, it was mid December. Um, I thought my year was over because um, I had a shoot job, wasn't supposed to be doing any more shows for the year. COVID was popping back up, so I wasn't too sure exactly what was going on with shows either. So, you know, just kind of doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I got a message from um, the crossbody promoter, Ben, and he's like, hey, like, kind of a situation popped up. Like, if something happens or something happened, like, can you can you get here? And I was like. I, I can see what I could do, put it together, got there. And turns out I ended up having a match against pretty Ricky Wildy, who was actually Blue Ribbon champion at that point for call it two years. So it was oh, kind of wow. one of those, oh, wow. it was one of those reigns where, you know, people weren't expecting it to end, especially to what many perceived, especially in crossbody as a tag team wrestler. So that moment was really cool. Um, got to celebrate with my, my close friends, Crystal Moon, Mark Shaw, my brother JT Kirk. So that was a cool way to end the year, especially when you lose a title in a cage match and then you win another title the following week unexpectedly. You can't go wrong. No. I'm I'm also uh, I I want to put these promotions over too, especially yeah, I don't have the belts with me, but I'm also the uh, inaugural HWE Cruiserweight Champion. Um, actually got a chance to compete in the Ultimate Eight tournament, which the quarterfinals, semifinals are on YouTube. Check it out edited myself actually too so nice. i'm very nice. much proud of that um but yeah check those out and then i faced travis moore who is one of my favorite opponents uh favorite dudes on the ontario scene as well uh for the cruiserweight championship ended up winning the cruiserweight championship so i'm sure we're gonna have some wars going forward in 2022 be on the lookout for that in hwe and then ah this one's a good one two-time courage pro wrestling tag team championi um it was, I want to call it November 14th. I'm pretty good with my dates when it comes to wrestling shows, but November 14th, if I'm not mistaken, was the date of the last Courage show. Um, we Chris ended, is going to fact uh, check that. I'm sure, now you're I'm, in I'm sure he's going to. Um, it was ourselves against Airstrike. Uh, if we did not win the championships, we were not going to get another shot at the belts. I, I don't know if it was like a time stipulation on that or anything, but either way, we weren't going to get another shot at the belts. We won the championships. Doesn't matter how we won them. Doesn't matter what happened. The result is the... Uh, I sense a story behind that. <laughs> the, the, there's nothing needed to be said regardless uh -huh. of the issue of what happens on that show and what Clowney did and what happened there. We're tag team champions again. But hopefully it happens. We were supposed to have a ladder match in the convention center coming up on February 20th. And I really, really, really hope that happens. Was so your championship win for that match on YouTube? That one's not, not, yet. not yet. Not Coming yet? soon. Okay, free I'm, match Fridays. I know because now I have to know how this ends. Free free match Friday. Courage Pro Wrestling. Check it out. My match with Van Landon went up, and I'm very happy with that match. Check that out. Although the finish of that match, we, we can talk about that another time. Uh, and just to expand on that, that was uh, the Van Landon was on the Next Generation Two show, which is on Courage Pro Wrestling's YouTube channel. And uh, a reason the fight has not been, none of those matches have been shown yet. 
Hey, Mac. Hey, Mac. Give the people what they want. They want to see Empire win some gold again. Give the people what they want. <laughs> so, do you prefer to be singles or tag team? I've been doing a little bit more singles work lately. And, like, so, <laughs> I like both. Uh, I like the trio stuff, too. I don't want to... I, I don't want to... Uh, not mention that as well shout out crystal moon and jt kirk my my wonderful faction and empire but yeah i think the single stuff has really made me appreciate more lately um i've been doing a lot more of that um the tag stuff is great it's it's great especially on the body because you do half the work <laughs> uh, what's your longest held belt uh that was the hbw tag belts that we just lost in the cage that was 826 days wow oh wow that's incredible yeah so that's, that's two bruno san martino run two two and a half years yeah that was shout out covid thank you appreciate it, <laughs> it, it, it no better so. fun fact we were supposed to lose those belts march of 2020 so oh, we wow. literally should not have held those belts for that long but covid loves us yeah not not anybody else though and during that title reign there was a match that was not held in a promotion. It was held in a flower garden or uh, garden center. yeah, garden, garden center, center against raunchy nuts. Yeah. That's available actually on our YouTube. That was like a pet project that I had. Um, Cause like AC casually mentioned me. It's one of the members of raunchy nuts. Uh, he mentioned to me, he's like, Oh, like we have a garden. Like, cause this is the time where everybody was trying to film whatever the case uh you had people doing stuff on beaches you had people doing stuff at training schools you had just essentially whatever you could do put content out there so ac casually mentions like oh we could do a match at this garden center that i i know the but like the owner of and i was like don't don't play with me like and then literally like i think the next day we were like all right let's set something up let's go take a look at this and lo and behold the rest is history so how has the pandemic affected the ontario indie scene a lot Honestly, a lot. Um, the last two years in particular has been, I can genuinely say from my point of view, um, some of the hardest in my life. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, but literally, um, so for somebody, especially for me, um, I went every single weekend with at least a show for the last nearly a decade so to go and completely essentially cold turkey it for 18 months was genuinely some of the hardest things i had to do yeah. ever um that, i that would be like me not being able to be creative and make something it, it, it drove me not it's the reason why i got into twitch and it got all that equipment that i spent fucking thousands of dollars on but you know i appreciate it at the end of the day but in the same sense it sucked. It sucked. Uh, we were and we were on the verge of gaining some serious momentum on the scene too. Uh, we had quite a few belts, and like we were starting to really branch out. So like, it sucked that the pandemic essentially kind of swept the rug out from underneath us, and it sucked even more to see like it, it was affecting everybody else for a while. But then you know, a few months later, you're seeing fucking full capacity shows on your TV from the states, and you're just like you know gun do <laughs> like honestly it's just one of those situations where it, it got really hard man it got really difficult to watch 
wrestling on TV because mm-hmm. I was just like I was struggling for a oh, while. You mean the companies you work for didn't have millions of dollars to be able to put up all these tiny little screens so that your fans could watch from home, right? Like or, holy crap! Oh yeah, that was that was something, man. That was something. And I heard that like. If you do like the slightest thing that they don't approve of, and it was pretty extensive, I, list, I can confirm. I've then actually they been on shut there before. You down. So if you, so I, I got on there for one of the shows just to fuck around. There's actually a really cool shot of us on WWE's Instagram in the background of some like Rey Mysterio segment. We're just like there on the Thunderdome, but um, I think we moved our camera away for like a minute because we were like, I think we were going to grab a drink or something ridiculous and they kicked us off because we weren't like on the screen it was just like they need you there glued there the whole time so that you look like an audience member they can't have an empty seat it's yeah so with being off though your body's probably going ah to be honest yes to an extent but almost the complete opposite i found that a lot of my aches and pains were coming out more because like my body was so used to bumping every single weekend, sometimes even multiple times a weekend. And then, you know, you add in training to that as well. And like your body was well, constantly the, the adrenaline will take care of a lot of the aches and pains, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, honestly, I found literally over the past couple of years, especially like since the pandemic's happened, I'm feeling a lot more like my, my lower back is really coming out a lot more. Um, my neck, I've taken some, Pretty gnarly bumps that I probably shouldn't have gotten up sometimes, but you know, here we are. (laughs) Um, How do you find is the best way to grow support, whether or not it's for um, your character being uh, like, is it easier to be a heel? Is it easier to be a baby face? I Um, I think anybody that would watch my work would probably say heel 100%. Like I I feel definitely more comfortable as a heel. I've done the baby face stuff for quite a bit. I definitely prefer heel. I think I'm a way better heel than I am a baby face. Like I said, I can play the baby face role. Like I'm a small dude. Like yeah. you can play that very stereotypical David Goliath role. And like, I can do it well. I can sell and get sympathy, sympathy, <laughs> but like when the three of us are playing arc or whatever, I always get accused of having dick pants. Cause I'll make those comments <laughs> that it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, why is my character walking so slow? Cause you just picked up four tons of wood. You idiot. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm always ripping on them. You yeah, know. I would prefer to be heel myself. If I was in this business. It's easier to be a dick than it is to oh, be a nice sure. guy. I find that, tell you that I find that too. Like, and I toot my own horn, like I find myself to be as nice of a person as possible during like all periods of life other than when I'm a professional wrestler because yeah. that's just my point to be like, ah, fuck you, ah, fuck you, ah, fuck you too. And I yeah. just go off you and just, just get like, it out so that just you... straight up Chihuahua style, yo. <laughs> like it's, it's actually insane. Big dog syndrome. I, I can honestly say when we first came out of the lockdown back in September, um, Courage Pro Wrestling was putting on a show and I had reached out to Matt because I had a buddy of mine coming to his first wrestling show and I was like Matt we we want to make it like a memorable moment for him so me and my cousin had gone out and made signs and I knew what was going to happen but we had not let my cousin in on the joke and if you watch the, the footage on the Courage Pro Wrestling um, YouTube channel that man was hot you can literally see when Matt walks out and does what he does. He, my cousin is like, he's already a ginger and pale skin. And you can literally. <laughs> what the hell is this shit? 
You, you can literally. If there's a minority, he'll bash it. Sorry about that. This is why it's called Chris's Corner, because he's so bad he's been put in the corner. He almost is. This is the corner of the room. But he, he, what Matt does, he literally, you can see my cousin go from like pale face to bright, bright red. And that happened on. Yes, like Lesnar pissed off red. And then that led into our. Um, that was on the next gen show, and when we did the show afterwards, which I can't remember the name of right now, he did it again. Yeah, no, that was my favorite thing. So he had a sign, re- like, so Chris gives me the heads up. He's like, uh, he has a sign, and he's like, oh, like, hey, you know, like, he's gonna have the sign. Can you like, you know, fuck around with it? I was like, okay, like, I don't think he was even expecting me to rip it. I was just like. I was like, ah, you know what, whatever, like, I'll, I'll, I'll play it up and see how it goes. So I come out, and it's, like, right in my fucking face. So I was like, fuck this. Took it into the ring, and I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Straight rip the sign on the hard cam. It's one of my favorite shots. Nice. I think that was the second time I did it, to be honest with you. Uh, no, it was the first one. It was the first yeah. one? My, okay, so there's a clip of me doing it. It's one of my favorite shots you ever. use it on your Twitch. Yeah, I do, I do. And then... Uh, so we come out the second show for the match, and I see another one. I'm like, yo, this guy didn't learn his lesson. So walk out. At first, he's, like, trying so hard to, like, protect the sign and be like, no, 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 no. I've just snatched it out of his hand, ran into the ring, and ripped it again. And he's just, I just see him raging on the other side. I'm like, ah, yes. I, like, I would have kept that gag going for so sure. So i got to be honest, like. I've had shows where I've gone in with my personal goal being like, yo, I'm going to make a motherfucker get out of his seat and come into the ring and try and fight me. Like, I, I, I don't care. You're like, I'm not Andy scared. Kaufman. Oh, I'm genuinely not scared whatsoever of, like, that happening. Like, I I, I welcome it. And that that's kind of scary saying that probably on a podcast because, with all the shit that we've seen with, like, the yeah, people... Yeah, they had the Rollins thing and Brett. like Brett being tackled at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I I, really I get scary. it. I'm not actually encouraging it, but yeah. like But if it happened, you wouldn't say, well, you no, didn't deserve it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll come in the ring and you can attack me and then I'll even let but you I've, fat jokes later. But I'll I'll feel bad about that one. No, 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 no. no. I can't I can't do All that. I'm I'm no no I'm 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 you get you get you, you got to be a good human being Some at the end of the day, and like, with, with, with the the best thing about being a heel is you gotta at least sound right in your own mind. <laughs> we we have a gentleman that comes to a lot of indie shows, Charlie's dad, and the, the gentleman known as Charlie's dad. I can't. I don't know the guy's name. I just know him as Charlie's dad. But this guy will literally get so heated, and there's been multiple times where I've gone to events, and Matt literally picks this guy out of the crowd and does everything to the point where the guy's literally standing at ringside. I've had the point where, like, so I've been, like, walking out of the ring at the end of my match, and especially when I'm, like, facing his son, because I've had a couple of instances where, like, I've, like, been an asshole and like kicked him in the dick after a match or something like that and just like pieced out like a little piece of shit whoa shambo you won <laughs> and then his dad's like chasing me like following me and i'm just like i've also had a circumstance where uh, we were feuding with raunchy nuts in hpw and i'm pretty sure it's his cousin it's it's a family member of his for sure yo she gets so mad like I tried to steal his jacket once and she like ran after me and snatched it out of my hands. And like, I genuinely thought I was going to get a slap to the face. There's a couple times where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I haven't got a shot or two. 
I just like the name Raunchy Mets. Nona with Airstrike. Uh, it, she at least knows her place, though, and she's not like out of hand. Like she, she's a character in the show. At the end of the day, there's there's some fans where like, and I'm like, yo, you need to like fucking relax. This is a show. Like, don't get me wrong, I I enjoy it because like it just gives me more. Uh, I mean, like they're marking out to the umph degree. See, like there's a difference between marking out and then just being like a dick. Uh, a drunk dick. There, yeah, alcohol, a alcohol, drunk dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alcohol definitely uh, plays plays a factor. That's for sure. But there's there's some there's some where I'm just like it genuinely drives me nuts. Um, but there's there's some where like you can literally pick them out of the crowd and be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna fuck with you tonight, and, and you know it's gonna be fun. Well, there was the uh, the first Courage show back. I don't know if you uh, happen to catch a glance of it, but when Lenny was walking around the outside of the ring, somebody actually attempted to trip him as he was like doing his strut on the outside of the ring. And we all, anybody like that's in the Ontario indie scene knows that Lenny's not the best at walking as it is. And to, to try to trip that guy, you're lucky you didn't get a punch right in the teeth. You, you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. I'm, I'm very surprised that, that man just didn't get a straight up shot. I, you do you, man. But if somebody's trying to trip me, motherfucker, I'm turning around and at least fucking getting in your face. And you're lucky if you ain't getting something. Don't fuck with my shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we got about 15 minutes left. Um. Any of your promotions or anything you want to plug right now? Yeah. Um, so like. I'll kind of give a brief rundown. Like uh, a lot of my stuff is available on Empire's website, EmpireTagTeam.ca. You can find like all the socials and all that fun stuff essentially there. Um, I do the Twitch stuff. I'm trying really bad, really good to get back onto that. I'm a partner with Twitch, so like getting getting to do a couple of streams a week at the very least and interact. Pills now, so I don't Twitch. I not that, not you. that kind, not I'm that so kind. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind, I swear. No, um, yeah, every single week I do between three to five streams. I try my best to stay on there and uh, interact with people, especially during these times. It's really hard to not want to interact with people and get away from my wife. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she, <laughs> no, she, she'll laugh at that one. Um, other than that, really, man, like at the end of the day, like, you know, there's been a lot of people going through some mental health stuff. There's a lot of people going through their own demons right now. I'm like, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to send a message to somebody if you need it. Don't be afraid to give somebody a call. Um, I had a personal friend of mine that was going through some stuff and that reached out. And um, I love like being there for people if I can. So like, if I'm if I'm that person, if you've got that person, like if you're going through some stuff and you need the help, man, please reach out for help and just try yeah. and stay as positive as you can with everything going on. We've actually mentioned on the podcast before that we would rather one of our fans contact us on a whim than contact nobody and leave the planet. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. You know 100%. what I mean? I'd I'd rather my worst enemy fucking contact me and fucking Yeah, be like, Hey, can I talk to you? You you know, if it's serious enough, you'll sit down and give an ear. Thousand right? percent, man. And at at the end of the day, like everybody's going through their shit. Everybody's got problems going on, but you you, you gotta keep in mind, just treat people the way you wanna be treated. That's mm -hmm. that's where I wanna leave this. Like I, I don't wanna 
promote anything. I don't want to, you know, spew some fucking bullshit. I, essentially, I just want people to be positive and be a little more peaceful, man. Like, there, there needs to be a lot less hate in the world, I think. Like, yeah. smoke a doob or something. Fuck. Straight chill. up, man. Chill the <laughs> fuck out. No. They, they, honestly, that's it, man. Like, just be positive, and uh, I hope everybody gets through this fucking COVID shit sooner rather than later. And don't beat your spouses either. That's that's well, that's come well, up yeah. a lot with the COVID stuff. Everybody's stuck at home. Oh, the yeah, domestic, domestic abuse something. and everything—that's a thing too. Don't year. don't beat up the ones you love. That's stupid. That's counterproductive. I hear it all the time on my fucking neighbors upstairs. Fuck those guys. Yeah, like counterproductive. Like, um, hey baby, I love you. Here, have a black eye. No, like that doesn't make. That's not how that shit works. Yeah, we don't do Matt, that in this house. Matt's not going to promote himself, so I'll do a little bit of promoting for him. You can check out uh, matches of Matt's on Courage Pro Wrestling's uh, YouTube channel. You can also check out um, footage from uh, Crossbody Pro Wrestling, which you can find on YouTube dot com. Uh, it's like this man prepared or something. He's doing it way better than I could. Th- th- that's good. That's you, good. That's you why can it's find his footage of. Hardly I believe it's. Shit, I got all the questions and it's his corner. <laughs> yeah. Um. I believe it's under uh, C4 Wrestling. You can find footage. Also, you guys are on. Ah, uh, we haven't done C4 yet, but you know, maybe maybe uh, you want you want to tweet and uh, post and uh, share and at C4 Wrestling and at Empire Tag Team. That'd be nice. Uh, we'd love to be there. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, what's the one out in Niagara that you guys do? Um, St. Catharines area. I'm literally fucking drawing a blank. Oh, oh yeah. I don't even think that footage is online, but I, it was, uh, moonshine branded wrestling. Um, yeah, just check out, search up Matthew Grant wrestling. And I'm pretty sure you'll find what you need to see. There's some other dude that does like Olympic wrestling, but don't watch him. Watch my stuff. That'd be great. That's me. That's me. I'm Matthew Grant. First day is a four. Don't get mad just get used to it and that's how we'll close it and ladies and gentlemen at home please remember that it's matthew grant not matthew graham if you're finding this on facebook please please don't get me mixed up with whoever matthew graham is mystery matt here that's you one t do you have one t no no we got we're separated so hold on let me let me try that social again okay so it's matthew grant First days of four with two T's. With two T's. There we go. Two T's. Not like Mystery Matt that only has one. Why? I guess that's the mystery, isn't it? That's the mystery. I thought we debunked that, that your mother just can't spell. Does he have a Rey Mysterio question mark? You you know? Um, You did have one, yeah. On your YouTube. A chapeau. Oh, that's that that, that does it for me. And I also have a mask. I was working on video, but uh, I've only figured out the audio so far. All right, so but I'll have if, to come back for a second time. Then. Yeah, yeah, which is and cool hopefully with more titles. We're always looking for <laughs> content. Um, what was the other thing? Oh yes, I have a joke for you. Oh no! Oh no! What's the difference between Betty White no. and Paul Walker? No, they're both dead. Paul hit a hundred before he died. All right, that's a that's a wrap, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and on that that's note, horrible. we are going to be doing a Golden Girls. Uh, podcast and it'll be released on betty's birthday so uh come back for that one and uh we'll have to see what's in store next for chris's corner chris you want to say anything before you go you can drop the catchphrase go ahead man follow uh empire at empiretagteam.com and don't get mad just get used to it it's dot ca dot ca (laughs) (laughs) it's dot ca
Oh, that was a gong show. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. All right. All right. My wife's going to be real mad. Everybody have a good evening, and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Sorry.